Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the DC Sports Brain Trust. My name is Varun, your host and moderator, joined, as always, by three of my good friends, the best damn sports analysts around, Chris, Nick, and Rahul. Gentlemen, how are you all doing? We have sports. Thank God. That's going to be better. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what we're about. Finally, sports are back. Hopefully, we continue with sports. <laughs> Cut. Cross fingers, knock on wood, do yeah. what you got to do. Knock we're on gonna, all the wood right now. And we're going to open with the sport that's on the front of everyone's mind, baseball, with our reigning, defending, world champion Washington Nationals taking on the New York Yankees in a three-game series over the weekend to kick the season off. We're going to go one by one and, and talk about each game. So let's start with opening day game. Uh, unfortunately, the Nats lost to the Yankees four to one, and the game also went only six innings due to weather. Um, but yeah, it's just it wasn't it wasn't. I'll be honest, it wasn't it wasn't a great start. It really wasn't. Chris, I mean, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and go. <laughs> Please, like it it, it could have been worse. Um, first game of the season, you know, you're you're working out the kinks. Um, also six innings, like, you know, the Nats have performed well in the past, the last three innings of games as, as we saw in their world series run. So it, it's kind of hard to judge the entire team for that. Um, Max, Max Scherzer's, uh, pitching performance probably wasn't the best, but like his spin rate was really good. Um, he was just kind of missing his locations a little bit, which is not the worst thing in the world. Uh, he'll probably work that out. He doesn't seem too concerned uh, yet, and as I've kind of said in the past on our on our last one. Um, he, I, I, I think that he he he'll probably work through it. I think. Um, so I I think that game wasn't the worst performance ever. It could have been better, but again, first game of the season and working out the kinks. I just uh, want to point out to everyone that a bad game for Scherzer is eleven strikeouts. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that too. Like, he was hitting locations. He just, I mean, the Stanton home run in that game, not the best. Um, he just kind of torched them. And hitters, I feel like, always kind of take advantage of, of pitchers at the beginning of the season just because it takes a lot less time for a hitter to get ramped up than it does a, a, a pitcher. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, Nick, thoughts? Nothing really to add. Um, you know, it's kind of a quiet night for the bats, but you know, it's the first game of the year. It got rained out. It was a six, not even a six inning game. There's, there's not much to look at here. Well, it's also we're also trying to hit against Garrett Cole, which is a yeah <laughs> tall task to begin with. Which Adam Eaton did successfully. He did have our yeah. single run of the game, uh, a yeah. dinger, nice which was a home run. Yep, nice little, nice little deep right home run. Um, but return yeah, I mean, return of the Mac. I mean, I mean, Scherzer, he had a six point seven ERA, which I mean, I mean, it's by, the first game of the season. Yeah, like, you can't really like the ERA. That's a that's a long term season stat. You can't really comment on a guy's ERA the first game of the season. Yeah, if what's wrong move, with your career? If his pitch movement is, <laughs> if his pitch movement is good, if if he's working players if he's or batters if he's hitting his spots when he needs to that's what you're really looking at the first game of the season not his era because you can't judge a guy on his era in six innings that's just not fair i mean 
you look at a reliever, he gives up two innings in one or two runs in one inning and his <laughs> ERA skyrockets to 18. <laughs> so, however, I do condone looking at the ERA of Trevor Rosenthal, which was infinity well, at one point. Yeah. I, I mean, that was also an anomaly. <laughs> one, he wasn't a starter Two, He sucked. So <laughs> Rahul, we Rahul. haven't gotten your thoughts on yeah. the opening day game. No, I just felt like I, I'm not really a superstitious kind of person, but like the game ending with like a shaky start and then we ended with a rain delay. I was just like, man, I just hope this isn't a sign of things to come, a baseball ending early. <laughs> oh, but I thought, Damn. don't even, you bite your tongue, young man. You bite your tongue. <laughs> bite it. But I, don't, I felt like, you know, watching Scherzer play was like, all right. Like, I felt like Scherzer always has rough starts to seasons. Yeah. anyways so like i didn't really think that much of it but i thought it would be like something to bring up because of concerning his age and the fact that he had those nerve issues um from last season speaking of nerve nerve issues a strasburg has uh nerve issues in his hand as well that kept him out yeah i'm not we'll sure get, if we'll he's get on yet. to that one for the next yeah. game yeah um, we'll get into that but yeah but, yeah there wasn't really much else to talk about, and it ended early anyway, so... Yeah, I mean, you can't really talk about the entire team when the entire team wasn't involved in the game, really, so... Yeah, but what I wanted to talk about... So let's get into game that. two of this series. So let's get into game two of this series, where our reigning, defending, world champion Washington Nationals defeated the New York Yankees 9-2. to This was a much better day than uh, opening day. <laughs> well, hold on. A much better day from a hitting perspective. Let's yeah. let That much I'll say. I, I w- the game was definitely not perfect. There were a l- about five errors, which is yeah, I mean, pretty egregious. Gotta gotta tighten that up. Like that's that's without a doubt. <laughs> There's no question around that. Uh, but um, you, know, you know you're right. The the bats extremely good. The pitching, um, Fetty looked fantastic. Um, and, and the bullpen, even them. Uh, Harper looked really good for the most part. Uh, I'm I'm excited about Finnegan about that good. fact. Yeah, no, Fetty looked really good. Uh, our, our whole a, a solid option. Looked, sorry. Um, um, but no, it was, it was a good, the, the arms were really good that day and, uh, the sticks were really good that day. Like I said, fielding got to tighten that up, which they kind of did. Um, we'll get into that later. The next, the next game, but had, yeah, had, but yeah, had Cabby big and Robles almost hitting the cycle. That was insane yeah. for, yep. Cabby went three for four, uh, got two runs, two RBIs, as well as a dinger. Uh, Victor Robles also Victor Robles was three for four as well with uh, four RBIs and another dinger. So both of them hit very well. Uh, we had additional support. Uh, Howie had a hit. Uh, Eaton, Eaton had a hit. Um, Michael A. Taylor, the 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 absolute goat of this team, had a hit as well. Um, we saw home run, baby, home yep, run. Yep, a dinger. I called it. I I texted a the dinger. group right before. Right when uh, Michael A. Taylor went up, and I said, "I got a good feeling, boys. This yep. ball's going deep." And I mean, five seconds later, bang! I mean, I mean, clearly we need to hang his jersey in the rafters. Like they're like oh, Michael Michael A. Taylor is like the undisputed goat of this team, and for some reason, Chris. For some reason, Chris wants to cite his career hitting average to say he's not a good player. 
Well, what's up with that? Well, he's a good he's a good outfielder. He's a phenomenal. He's outfielder. definitely gonna be he like one of those extremely good defensively. His bat is he. <laughs> <laughs> he's one of the players that would make the bench of any his team. Average his OPS, like he is. It, it is <laughs> one for one with a home his run OB, in the World Series. His OBP, like yep, it's MVP of the World Series. It all like. <laughs> oh, I, I'm not getting into this. Burners <laughs> <laughs> no, counts. No, but speaking win, seriously about uh, Taylor, I felt like he could make any bench in the in any MLB team. Just for his defensive capabilities well, in the outfield, he's he's good on the like. I will give it to him. He's a solid guy on the bench for the Nats. Like he is a good fourth, fifth outfielder because, like, he is extremely good in, in on the defensive side of the ball. And every once in a while, he he'll come in the clutch. But his bat just isn't isn't up to snuff. Like I'm I'm constantly hoping like this might be the time he might explode. He might like have his moment. He might actually, you know get into the rhythm and then he just doesn't he hits like 230 over a season it's like well, <laughs> well i don't think he ever he will he's almost that guy, guy on, like yeah like he's he's well yeah. we're gonna well we're gonna meme him into an mvp season um <laughs> you so, all will i'm not going to be memeing any guy like that into a MVP i will season. tater we know you're listening we, you have, you have, you have at least three supporters here. Yeah, at least three. Uh, so a couple, yeah. So, uh, well, let's get into the last game, and then we'll talk about some of these questions coming out of it. So, the third game of the series, uh, I guess, okay, that occurred yesterday. So Sunday on the twenty sixth, Yankees unfortunately beat the Nats three to two. Um, it was an extremely close game. Uh, Nats almost had it in the bottom of the ninth, but just couldn't finish to either tie the game up or take it home. Um, there, uh, the batting, the batting, I think this one batting this time was okay. Um, nothing, nothing to write home about. Um, Trey Turner had, had a dinger, but, um, ultimately, you know, uh, things could have been better. Um, some of the newcomers, uh, former Nat, uh, Emilio Bonifacio, uh, had, had some, had a questionable play. Um, relief pitching just was not there the entire night. Um, Corbin, Corbin pitched well. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of surprised Davey pulled him, uh, in the sixth. He probably could have gone at least another inning, but, uh, yeah, Will Harris, Sean Doolittle, they, nothing, nothing was, nothing was clicking for those guys. So those guys definitely need to put in a little more work to get back to, get back to shine. So I yeah. think um, so. I, oh, uh, real quick, I think uh, in the case of Corbin getting pulled, I'm kind of split on this because I think in a typical regular season where we did a lot of work over the off season to improve our bullpen, I'm not opposed to Davey pulling Corbin when he did. He had about 75 pitches. He was pitching really well. He had given up one home run right before, but. I think at this point in the season, you're getting your bullpen a little loose. You're seeing what you've got. But I think if this were the playoffs, you would have not pulled Corbin in that position. And my hope is that Davey understands that um, so on we have that, a shortened season. So on that point right there, I I pretty much disagree with that. Okay. Um, I think that he's rocking, he's rolling, six innings in. Um, he had a solid pitch count at that point. I forget exactly what it was. 
But as soon as he hits that home run, you've got to pull the trigger on, and and you're throwing a guy like Will Harris is supposed to be like he was extremely good last year, especially in the postseason. So yeah. you're you're going from Patrick Corbin to a guy that I I'm pretty or I I've been pretty confident, and I think he's going to be pretty good for the Nats this year. Um, and like I I think Davey made the right choice, whether it was the playoffs or the regular season. I either way, I think it was a solid choice because we do have the 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 three headed dragon kind of that we didn't have last year. We only had Doolittle and um, Hudson Hudson last year. I think Harris adds a seven eight nine for us that we did not have. Um, yeah, I think it, it is the first game of the season, and you do have to look at your your relievers as well. Um, maybe he plays it differently in the postseason, but I think as soon as you see that home run get hit, um, when you're only up by one run, you you throw your reliever in there. It's his job to do that. It's what he's been training the entire year to do. Um, so I I don't have any problems with how they did it. Like Will Harris just has to button up. up and do that. Um, but I before you said that the the point that I kind of wanted to say um this game worries me the most because it, it wasn't just the bullpen that fucked up the nats had countless opportunities to score um where they probably should have and it's happening kind of again as I'm watching this nats blue jays game um that's happening right when we record that they they're getting opportunities and they're just not pushing their guys across whether this is a Juan Soto like he's not there um it's it's worrisome uh that they should be getting extra runs the Nats should have had a run or two that game where they didn't get so there was there's a lot of question marks that came from that third game that that's the that's I'm worried about that I'm not too worried yet I think um, when we were discussing this before the season began, I think I said that this team is capable of repeating with the same pitching rotation that they have, the improved bullpen. But if you're going to repeat, you have to have a good enough replacement for Anthony Rendon. I think Cabrera has shown that he's holding his own at third base right now. I think his bat has been not too bad through the first three games. Um, but in order to make up for that improvement in the bats, you're going to have to see some improvement from Soto into an MVP type of guy, and you're going to need to see improvement from Robles. And, you know, obviously I don't think we've not seen that, but I think it's hard to judge right now because we don't well, have Soto. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're also – like Robles did have an explosive game first, like uh, that second game. Um, looking at the entire series, um, Robles, as I said, extremely good. Uh, but And Cabrera has been solid, but the other question mark for that is we still have Keyboom in the wings, who hasn't really had a chance this season. And like for me, I'm kind of worried that like Keyboom is the was the guy that we're supposed to be we're supposed to have. Um, to replace eventually, and the longer he has to wait and sit on the bench, it might it, it might mess with his head. It might do things like that. I, 
we we got to throw Kiboom in more often. Like he's played one game in the first four games. I I don't yeah. understand that part. I don't know what Davey's thinking with that. I really liked his at bat like, in the second game. He was really patient. Uh, dragged the pitch count up and eventually got a single. So I'm really happy with that one at bat that he had. But you well, know, yeah, I, I guess mean, baby steps. But like you, you gotta throw him in eventually. He's played in the MLB for a solid amount of time now. Um, and they're just, he's not getting the opportunity right now. Like at this point, we got to see what we got, <laughs> especially in a 60 game set. We, we can't be fooling around with rookies like this. We got to throw them into the deep end, essentially Ooh, sink Trey. or swim. Nice pick by Trey. But going back to this game, um, just talking about how Howie Kendricks was intentionally walked. And then followed up by yeah, Thames when we would have normally had Soto. It was just kind of rough to see it because I knew Soto would have got a grand slam with all those people on base. And like <laughs> that, the pressure doesn't really build for him like that, but I felt like it did for Thames in that moment. Well, it I don't is, know. What do you, I mean, what do you all think about that? Because, like, I mean, you're right. Like, if Juan Soto's in that lineup, you're not walking Juan Soto to get to Howie Kendrick because that's probably how the lineup's going to turn out. Is right. Soto will be three, Howie will be four, um, and probably Cabby will be five. I'm assuming. Could be wrong. But the fact that Soto is not there as that threat, you can walk a guy like Howie Kendrick who has been lethal with the bat um, the, the past year or two. Yeah. He's yeah. Ex- I mean, we, we all know he's been really good. At, and the entire MOB, like the Yankees know, Aaron Boone knows that he's been really good. And he was, I mean, honestly, he was smart with walking Howie because he got to Eric Thames, who struck out both times that he walked Howie. So like, yeah. why not go for that? <laughs> like, you're not going to ch- take a chance on a, a, a potentially home run hitting Howie Kendrick, who has been extremely good in the, in the clutch. Versus a guy that has been solid. Like, I, I'm not taking anything away from Eric Thames. Like, he's been a solid hitter. But he's not He's not Howie Kendrick right now. Yeah, he had, what, a single in this uh, game? Thames? Which, the last one? Yeah, I think he had yeah. one base hit. Yeah, he had a base hit. And yeah, then after yeah. that, it was just two strikeouts. Which, I mean, like, it's tough to be in that position. Um, I don't think it was any disrespect on his skill as a hitter. Like he's solid, and he also <laughs> he also got another base hit today and scored the only run so far against the Blue Jays. But I don't know. Got to get Soto back ASAP. <laughs> and got to have Bonifacio stay patient when he's on base. Yeah, that. Well, yeah, I think that, that was last really game, rough. Yeah. Although, I although don't, I don't although understand TV... what he was thinking. For that game, I, thought I don't he got know to why go he ahead. took it. I thought he got it's, to go ahead. That I mean, with no outs, that's really, really risky. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I think to, he was. I think he was chopping taken off. Maybe, maybe with one out, you send it, um, so you can score on a sack fly. But no outs, that's pretty risky, especially when Victor Robles walked on the same exact pitch. Nick was mentioning how the new players are trying to do too much um, in their first games that they have appearances. Well, all the all the new players are, I mean, they're vets. Like they're not like guys they're signing from some. I mean, the the young the, the rookies are doing well. Like Finnegan the other day, he didn't do that bad, and he's a it was his first debut, and he, he did yeah, he did pretty close. solid. 
So, and the the guys like Starlin Castro, who's been around the league forever, Bonifacio, who's bounced from team to team to team, um, and Thames, he's been around for a little bit now too. They've all been screwing up mentally. Like, they haven't been doing the little things. I don't know. Little little things make a big difference in this game. Um, yeah. yeah, one and one and two to start the season. That's that's not great. Well, um, man, I mean, at the worst thing hopefully it's seen. on one and three. The, well, I mean, it it is also like the Yankees, who are arguably the best team. Yeah. <laughs> oh my the, god! In, in hey, the MLB. Oh, what are you swinging at that for, dude? Uh, um, Sorry. <laughs> But talking about it, though, but, the Yankees also had two starters out, didn't they? DJ, yeah, DJ, they had to, DJ they LeMahieu had to was hurt. Well, no, he was... Or, sorry, LeMahieu was... Their, starter, their starting pitchers, Tanaka was out because he got hit in the head by a line drive in an inter-squad um, scrimmage in uh, summer camp. And then uh, Severino, who's been out forever. But, uh, I mean, that that's not like... Their sticks... Their sticks uh, are the best in the MLB. Their sticks and are the, the best in the MLB. Yeah, and well, the, the fact that they and the fact that. that they were able to grab one and they should they really should have grabbed two off of a team like that. Um, it, it's not the worst thing in the world, but if they drop this one to the Blue Jays that we're watching now, um, that's when it starts to get worrisome. Which I don't know. I still feel like they could have picked it up on Thursday because, like, I mean, they had everything there. Scherzer was pitching. They didn't have DJ LeMay who DJ LeMayhu who was out uh, due to well, Thursday's recovering. a wash. Yeah, and, well, quite literally because it rained out. But um, uh-huh. like, <laughs> but like, they didn't have DJ LeMayhu because he was recovering from COVID. And like, I was I was texting yeah. a, uh, a a Yankees fan coworker of mine. He's saying LeMayhu's their best hitter. So not having him mm. was. I don't know how that makes sense, but sure. <laughs> well, LeMay, well, LeMayhew being Not the Carlos best hitter. and Aaron Judge are their two top play, top hitters. DJ LeMayhew maybe for average, but yeah, well, that, I think I think that's what he was going off of. Was that for batting average? Uh, batting average is not that important in the MLB. <laughs> then, then what is important in the MLB, Chris? Please getting tell on me. base, getting on base, OBP, OPS. OPS. All right, thank you. I will. I will do. I will do better, Sensei. Spirit um, and will is the most important. <laughs> Spirit and character. <laughs> Determination. Batting, batting average is less and less important in this this new world. MLB. I'll tell you that right now. All right. Um, Fair enough. The other thing is, so we we kind of touched on the Juan Soto. It's a uh, a struggle. We need him. Uh, I think we as soon him. as he gets back, our lineup looks completely different. We're able to throw him back in there. That's a lethal bat that they can't just walk Howie um, to Ooh, get Kurt. to Thames. Who Thames uh, is not a bad it. hitter, but when he's when it, when it's just him, <laughs> like I, I don't blame him a hundred percent. Like he shouldn't have K'd twice with running. Like he's been K- he's been striking out a lot with runners in scoring position. I think you kind of flip Howie. Or not Howie, uh, Eric Thames and Cabby, for Cabby to be the five guy because he's been a lot more locked in, I think, for driving in runners. But I don't know. I thought our batting would suffer a lot more without Rendon. Um, like obviously we saw what happened without Soto here, but like if the batting continues like this, like I don't think well, it's Cabby's that. 
that he's big a deal. Solid. Yeah. No. He's yeah. That's what solid. I'm saying. Like, it, and he's I think it's like pretty good. Field. We yeah. all. I mean, we also got to give Kibum a chance <laughs> at some point yep. to to be the player. Like, we didn't draft him and have him forever to have him sit on the bench. <laughs> Like we we know but, that there is some question marks around him defensively and offensively, but you got to give him the chance. You got to throw him in there. It, yeah, but I felt like the biggest offseason questions like, oh, okay, they didn't sign Rendon. Like, how are they going to deal with this offensively? Like, who are they going to replace him at bat? But if like Cabrera picks up like this and like Keyboom gets more opportunity to show what he can do, then mm-hmm. like I'm, that's like a pretty good set. Like maybe that's not as big well, as the it's, issue. It is, it has always been it has only been three games. So that is know. true. But if it continues One, like this, then like we're okay. Well, yeah. I mean, if if it continues like this, yeah, and we got that bullpen rightened out, like we'll we'll be good to go. But as of right now, it's kind of worrisome because they haven't been like the the role players haven't been able to drive guys in right now. We get Juan Soto back, maybe that changes. I don't know. Um, but right now. Castro, Thames, um, those guys, even Cabrera, haven't been doing as much as they should be. Um, Michael A. Taylor, other than the one or two home runs he hit, hasn't been doing a lot. You know, it's, Robles got screwed by a bad call there. Yeah, I saw that. That was uh, that should have been ball four. That's well, way low. Well, overall, dude. we hope that the Nats can bounce back from this. Um, going up against the Blue Jays right now, currently the score is 4-1. to one, uh, in the... uh, One thing before we Let's move just... into hockey, uh, I just wanted to talk about like just the coronavirus hitting the Marlins, um, and they got a lot oh, yeah, of cases out. Um, it's kind of like scary to see like, and they played like pretty much immediately after those like negative tests came out. So, or sorry, those positive tests came out. So that's kind of like a bit frightening and I'm sure like everyone's on alert and like so, testing and retesting. That's not exactly true. Um, there was a couple of players that were tested positive, um, that they didn't know about. There was two of them. And then they were extremely worried. They had already talked about it before that even that game against the the Phillies had even started. That they there might be an outbreak, so they kind of knew um, that there might be something going on there. Might be just a Florida thing. Hopefully, it's just a Florida thing. Um, for for the sake of MLB. <laughs> uh, but the Tampa Bay Rays haven't had that many cases. I mean, that we know of. That we know and, of so far. Yeah. Um, but the real question about that, which is pretty newsworthy, I think, is what does this mean for baseball? I mean, we could see a cancellation of the season. Like, without a doubt. Yeah, this could be the seed. Like, uh, if we see a similar outbreak less than a week from now, I, I don't know how MLB says it's still safe to play if another team goes down with us. I'm pretty sure they have, like, a failsafe. It's like when this happens, like, these things have to happen for us to end the season. And it's not, like, completely an arbitrary decision by the commissioner. Well, yeah, but if, if, if you're a player that's playing in the MLB 
and um, you see like this other team, like half or a, a quarter of their team goes down with with COVID. Do you want to play after it happens a second time? Um, like if it happens to two teams out of the MLB in, in the in the matter of a week. Yeah, I don't know. In, it like depends different on... parts of the U.S. So do you? I think I would be a lot more hesitant. Um, but I feel like something would have to happen on a more drastic scale. Like, let's say that the Marlins played a team after they got positive, and they found out that team also had an outbreak. That's when I'm just like, I'm just like, because. You saw it happen with the NBA when they started playing. Um, and who was it that the was a patient zero uh, for the NBA? And we played them too. Uh, fuck, I forgot who they were. But once that team like had it, Rudy Gobert had a case yeah. of it, and like you could see all the all the games that they played against other teams. They're just like, all right, we got to shut this shit down <laughs> because like once you once one team has it and they're playing so many other teams in a, like a week's period. Like, and those teams play other teams. That's just, that's insanity for me. I feel like an outbreaks on two different parts isn't that big of a deal as like players or like teams that play each other having outbreaks. Well, I mean, that's what I mean. Like if you see two teams like that haven't played each other um, within a week, have an outbreak that are on different parts of the, the U.S., that would be worrisome for me. Because, like, it could happen to my team um, any time within the next month. The team to monitor right now is the Phillies, as they just recently played the Marlins yesterday. Um, They did cancel their game tonight. They were supposed to play the Yankees. Um, So I think the big thing to really monitor this is to see if – once the Phillies' next round of testing comes out, if we if we see an outbreak, then I think it's a serious discussion that needs to be had between Manfred and the rest of the owners about, hey, we may need to put a pause on the season. Knock on wood. Well, the the Phillies or the Yankees. Well, it's not going to be a pause. It's going to be. A it's going to be end. Yeah. Like, the, there's no way that they come back from that. They've already taken out two thirds of the season. Essentially, if they go on a pause, they, it's done. Um, but the the Phillies and also the Yankees because they're about to go into the same exact locker that the outbreak was in. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, and then also the Orioles who are about to go and play against the Marlins. So that that's that's kind of the four teams we're looking at right now: the Marlins, the Phillies, the Yankees, and the O's. Because, um, like I said, playing each other, being in the same space as each as each other. The rest of the MLB shouldn't. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Have a problem, but you never know. You know I mean, yeah, we just had part. that case with Soto. <laughs> not, well, not that was problem. that 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 is hopefully that's, that's hopefully one case, and hopefully he didn't infect yeah. other players. Well, he's also I'm almost a hundred percent sure that was a false positive. He might be back in the lineup in a couple of days. So I think Soto's case is questionable, from what I've heard. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of like most of the time when you hear players, most of the time when you hear that people have COVID, like that's the last of you that you've heard of it. With Soto, it's been like constant, so it's been questionable if it was actually a he had it because he's been asymptomatic the entire time. 
Yeah, once they said that, like, I, like, gave out, like, a sigh of relief. Like, it wasn't, like, yeah. really bad that he was ha- suffering from it. Because. Yeah. Well, and, like I said, it was. I think it was probably a false positive at this point, hopefully. Obviously, like, you, you never know. But he might, he might be back in the lineup in, like, two or three days. Hopefully, he's tested negative the best. once, and he needs to Maybe. test negative one more time. Yeah, and then he's back. So maybe what he gets tested again like tomorrow or something. He's already been tested. The results just haven't come back yet. So once the results come back, well, hopefully we see Soto in the lineup the next couple of days. Hopefully, uh, the lineup you know really starts to get their momentum back on their side. Yeah, because having Soto is a huge, uh, huge injection in the lineup that we need. Without a doubt. Yep. Yeah, without a doubt. All right, let's move into hockey. Uh, preparations have been have gone underway and are almost there. Where s- the season's supposed to kick back right right back up on August third against the Lightning. Um, Caps are heading to Toronto, hitting the bubble over there. Um, one big piece of news that we got was that Samsonov is not playing in the twenty twenty postseason. Uh, Copley or Vanacek will take over for him, uh, and this puts a lot of pressure on Holpe. It's a big deal. Um, I mean, in normal in normal circumstances, we would still expect Holpe to play every single game in the playoff run, and that's what we're going to expect out of him now. But uh, Samsonov was a big part of the regular season team, and um, you know. In case Holpe gets hurt or just doesn't play up to par, it would have been good to have Samsonov in the lineup there. And, you know, we're just going to have to hope that Copley can step up if he's needed. Um, you know, obviously he's played for the Caps uh, plenty of times before, and he's shown that he's capable. He's not as not as capable as Samsonov, but, you know, look, Copley, if we need him, you know, our defense is going to have to step up and we'll see what they can do as a team. But you know it's going to be Holpe all the way for this for this whole postseason. So hopefully that's that's how it stays. Yeah. I mean. If Holpe can uh, emulate his uh, Stanley Cup winning play, uh, then we have a chance at advancing. I would say. You know it's. If he probably needs to be around the ninety-two to 93% save rate. And I think Samsonov was about there. I think Holpe was just below it. Um, and there's nothing wrong with where he was at. I mean, they were both playing great all year. Um, you know, mm-hmm. our defense is going to have to step great. up. <laughs> okay. Oh. Holpe had the not. worst save percentage of his career <laughs> this season. True. I, I have to look it up, but yeah, I think I think I probably uh, over. I can't even think of the word. I think I, I think I put him over exaggerated. Yes, I think I exaggerated yeah. Holpe a little bit. I mean, Samsonov has been doing pretty well for a, a rookie. Holpe is not. Yeah, his save percentage this year um, is eighty nine point seven. Yeah, that's which terrible. is not great. Yeah, his, his career is 91-6. That's not and just not great. That's terrible. In the cup run, it was about 93. So, you know, he needs to get up above 90, 91. At least. <laughs> yeah. While, 
like just speaking as a player, like while I would really want um, Holpe to like end his career with the Capitals strong, because obviously we're not looking to keep him with amidst the other contracts that we have to do, uh, dole out. Um, having him play terribly um, would make the decision to let him go a lot easier. Because well, I, I don't think it's 100%. Yeah, the, the I feel decision like the decision hasn't been made. Like, there's a little bit they don't of a have percent the cap chance. Room. Straight up, they don't have the cap room for him. You can always no. trade and deal. I feel like cap room in hockey as there's, it is in football. There's no reason to take a chance on a guy that isn't that great versus taking a chance on a far cheaper goalie that has shown a lot of flares um, and Samsonov. And the, and the caps have, have done really well with goalies with uh, bringing them up through the system. And Samsonov might be just the next. And the line. He could be the next. He could not be. Like, he has had... I'm not dishing yeah, against Samsonov, Sam but I'm saying also that... Been, he's done better straight up than Holtby in save percentage this year. Why would you pay a guy Because Holtby... If Holtby can rebound... We've been saying that for years, though. Maybe he'll rebound. Maybe he'll rebound. He did rebound in the finals. He did. In, he, definitely... the, he He rebound in a two-month span, but that entire season, he was not good either. Like, nope, he's Grubauer been, he's been declining. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was a reason Grubauer. there was a reason why he didn't play at the beginning of the se- at the postseason, because he wasn't doing that well. So He basically lost his job. Yeah, yep. I mean, he did lose his job. <laughs> so there's no reason to to go after the pay a guy that probably doesn't deserve the money when you've got a, another one in, in your system that <laughs> Samsonov and now Vanacek, who might be just as good. <laughs> I'm glad strong. we're not saying that Copley is just as good because Copley is well, Copley not uh, great. I mean, no. Copley, he was, he was also. he was worse than uh, Vanacek. In the in the minors, so. yeah, I was, yeah, it wasn't pretty. Copley, you have you have a fan here. I'm rooting for you, buddy. I'm hoping I'm hoping you get okay. a I'm hoping you get a 97 percent save rate in your in your time. Yeah, 97 percent. Only 97. <laughs> yep. I want him to go above. Yeah. I, it's listen, man. Copley, Copley, and Michael A. Taylor. Those are my guys. Those are my. Um, those are be like. Those, uh, those, Monkey plus scenario where it's point zero ninety six. and Michael A. Taylor are pretty much the same, though. Wait, wait, what's right? your <laughs> what's your store in basketball and football? Then it, they both made it to the MLB or the NHL. Didn't do that well. Had to be sent back down. And they <laughs> made back it back up <laughs> because they if didn't you're have those... anyone else. <laughs> If you're saying those are your stars in those two sports, what would you say for basketball and football? Uh, football, um, Roberto Aguayo. Um... He's not even <laughs> It has to be someone from the team, you asshole. <laughs> All right, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, and then... Oh, it's, it's, oh my. And then, oh. and then basketball, uh... It was Rudy Gobert, but now, now it's not. Um... I'm gonna say, oh man, I'm just gonna say a random name. Uh, I'm gonna go with Javale McGee. Oh, that was wow. not the name I expected. 
that those I mean, are those are Jimmy Moreland for for the little guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Jimmy Moreland. But Jimmy Moreland can't get relegated because there is no relegation in football. You just get cut. Give me, give me, give me a, give me, a, give me a practice squad guy rule. That'll be my guy. <laughs> uh, Montez, go huh? for it. He, he could be the QB of the future, Montez. All right, Montez, <laughs> that's my guy. So let, all right, so let's. So my guys are Michael A. Taylor, uh, Copley, <laughs> Montez, <laughs> and then and then Javale McGee. <laughs> All right, oh those, yikes! Those are my guys. Let's go. Oh. But it'll it'll be fun to to see the uh, the bubble. Um, zero zero negative tests, as I as I think Varun might have said. For NHL, yes. That was that was For Nick. NHL, yeah. But yeah. Or Nick, yeah. Um, NHL but... looking to, looking good. They're getting back up and going this weekend. The Caps' first game is Monday next Monday. Yep. So it's going to be everything's looking good. All right, let's move into basketball. Uh, talk about Isaac Bonga. Uh, he has been standing out um, on Saturday against the Clippers. He had 15 points, 12 rebounds and a plus 15 rating. Um, it's definitely not a perfect stat, but it does show some form of, you know, improvement, some form of potential on the, the court. And I think Bonga has that. What do you all think? I think in terms of just like turnovers, like he, we definitely needed, and oh my God, I'm rehashing something that we've kept on talking about, about needing a center, but like seeing his growth um, throughout the years is definitely, or not throughout the years, throughout the games is definitely like encouraging to see. And hopefully um, being able to play basketball again, uh, progresses him further than that respect, and we can have this going forward with Beal, Wall, and Hachimura. Um, I've noticed that uh, him and um, Mo Wagner are kind of like the opposites because Mo Wagner had a lot of press going into this, especially with Bertans out about um, his like being able to sh- just shoot and just like getting a lot of charges because that's what he does but he's actually terrible defensively when he's not getting charging calls he doesn't do anything in terms of rebounds or anything along those lines so that was pretty disappointing and i think he's on uh he's not definitely not on a long-term contract with us so probably not gonna stay with the team for that long yeah i mean this this postseason is weird um Personally, I think that the Wizards aren't really trying at this point to win this. Not not the players. The players are always trying to win. But the organization is kind of just saying, let's see what we got here. Um, let's see if Rui Hachimura can lead a team. Let's see how he plays without John Wall and Briley Beal. And let, let's see what we got. Um, and that's kind of what I think this is. They're not expecting a win. I don't think any of the fans are expecting to make it to the playoffs at this point. So for me, it's kind of like a spring training, essentially, with some added intensity. Yeah, they're playing yeah. like they have nothing to lose. And I, I, there, there's nothing I to actually lose wrong about real, there's nothing Wagner's to contract. Lose. Yeah, there's nothing to lose, everything to win. Like... Best case scenario, they make it. Worst case scenario, we see the guys that we have. <laughs> like there is, yeah. there's, there, there isn't a lose, lose. There isn't a 
away we lose. The Wizards lose right now. It's it's like and a what you were saying. It's like a win mess no, scenario. Yeah. There's no real like benefit to losing yeah. early because they're not going to improve their draft position by that much. So. I mean that, and if they make it into the playoffs, they lose their draft, their lottery pick. <laughs> yeah. So why why not just kind of see what we got? Hope not to win, really. Other than the players, the players always want to win, like I said. But I don't know. Nick, thoughts? I think you guys got it all. But if, <laughs> talking about if the players want to win, like don't the players always want to win? Um, because of contract oh, yeah. incentives and just like the competitive spirit. That, so that, can a team yeah. ever really tank if players always want to win? Well, I don't know. Like, if they always I, I don't win. think. Wrapping up this episode, we're going to talk really quickly about uh, football. Um, the official name came out for the Washington Redskins. They're now the Washington football team. Uh, Ron Rivera did mention that's going to be about a 16 to 18th month process. So probably about two seasons. The team formerly known as the Redskins are going to be known as the Washington football team. A um, couple of changes. Uh, Terry Bateman has been named the new CMO of the team. See, new CMO of the team. He is a longtime Dan Snyder lackey. Uh, if you go into the history, you'll see that he has basically been there for all of the glory years of Dan Snyder's uh, ownership, which is none. And he's going to oversee uh, the name change. Um, Nick, Rahul, as the two resident uh, Washington football team fans, do you think they should have gone Washington football club? Or I hate everything. The logo, oh my god, the logo is the ugliest thing. It's like somebody went into Microsoft Word, put a, a gold or a burgundy W under a gold you know, uh, filled box. It was like, let's make this the logo. Yeah, like, I mean, eh, it looks good enough. It literally, it literally, that logo looks kind of like, <laughs> you know, if you if you play like fantasy football on like uh, CBS or ESPN, you know those kind of logos they give you. Oh um, yeah. With the kind of just your name there and just plug like plug and play kind of thing. It it literally looks like that. <laughs> like not a lot of uniqueness to it it's just block letters and everything and it's just it's bad all around it, it's bad and, and also the yeah. wings are both facing left it's just really stupid looking yeah it's hard to believe you could beat the hard to believe you could do worse than the cleveland browns when it comes to a logo well if, well they if didn't you even have like it. they don't even have just the w for like their small logo stuff like they try to plug all like the entire thing into that little circle. It's ridiculous. The whole Washington thing, yeah. and then it was like cut out and it was like inked, and that's like all that was in the box. Yeah. Oh it's just, my it's, god! It's On official bad. NFL documentation, no less. <laughs> it was. So and to kind of to kind of round things out, uh, we did see some new hires, as well as the inclusion of Julie Donaldson onto the team. Who is uh, Nick? Can you repeat her position again for us? Uh, she's the senior VP of media and content. She is taking over Larry Michael's old job within the organization. And she's going to be part of the process of choosing the new play by play and color commentator for the she's radio. basically kicking out the whole radio broadcasting group. So that's just going to be a bunch of new faces and Cooley might not have a job with the organization any longer. I'll, I'll say this. She seems nice. I don't know anything about her. She seems nice. But my guess is she's going to get caught up in the whole Dan Snyder Ashburn environment of 
uh, sucking off the team and not caring about the fans whatsoever. So that's my guess. My guess is nothing changes and the content will be as tone deaf as it has been the last 20 years where they just ignore the fact that the team has been a complete shit show for as long as I can, as long as I can remember living and, you know, they're going to just completely ignore that. And they're going to talk about how great everything is. I mean, we've talked sense. about this like time and time again. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> nothing will change. So nothing's changing. No, I actually kind of want this. All right. <laughs> like, I think this is a, a solid topic that we can actually get into. The, uh, the team and the tweets and shit. Yeah, I mean, like it, it's 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 not going to change. Like, <laughs> like yeah, it, it's it's a like like you kind of said it, it's it's a lackey. <laughs> like, it, it does it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, she's not going to go in there and say we need to be honest with our fan base about how shit of a team we are, and maybe uh, not play them as a bunch of fools. Yeah, but if she went in there and said that, Dan Snyder would probably fire her and find some other blowhard to take her spot that will do everything well, that he said. So we've talked about this time good. and time again on this podcast and, you know, we've all seen it. I'm sure our listeners have heard it in public. Um, I mean, we, we've seen it time and time again, put a, he's, it's not going to change. He's going to put a mustache <laughs> on Larry Michael and hire Michael Larry. Apparently he has a job now and LinkedIn. Some, no, like, no, you don't he think it is. Some, he put some mundane, uh, generic thing on there. I think just to say that he's not unemployed or something, but it wasn't with an actual company. I don't think that was real. I think that was just him doing some fancy, uh, you know, PR for himself on LinkedIn to make it look like he's doing something when he's really not. Yikes. So thank you guys for tuning in to the DC Sports Brain Trust. My name is Varun. I've been your host and moderator, joined, as always, by Nick, Chris, and Rahul, three of the best damn sports analysts around. Um, in conclusion, go Nats, go Caps, and go Wizards. Um, like us on Facebook. Follow <laughs> us on Twitter. We'll have the links to those uh, links to those pages in the description of the episode. Thank you all for tuning in. Hope to see you all next week.